In today's increasingly dynamic and ever-changing work landscape, the challenge of keeping employees engaged, motivated, and committed has never been greater. As business operators and managers, how do we ensure that our people are aligned with our organization's vision, mission, and goals? And that's what we're talking about today on Experience Leadership. Welcome to Experience Leadership, a podcast that challenges small business owners and entrepreneurs, just like you, to dare to be the exception. Join our host, customer experience expert, Mark Hain, as he uncovers relevant and timely content to help you script and direct your business and teams to create jaw-dropping experiences your customers and staff deserve. Here is the host of Experience Leadership, author of Lights, Camera, Action, customer experience expert, Mark Hain. Welcome to this episode. This is where small business owners and entrepreneurs develop the new skills that they need to help them create the jaw-dropping, show-stopping experience that their customers and their employees deserve. I am your host, customer and employee experience strategist, Mark Hain, and I am so glad that you are here for the ride. This is going to be a great interview, great podcast today, because my guest is the founder of Energetic Impact, Rebecca Ahmed. And today we will dive deep into understanding how to energize our people so that they can execute on our organization's vision, mission, and goals, essentially living up to your expectations. My one ask for you today is that you know somebody who could use this information, please share the link to this episode. Knowledge is power, but only if we share it. In a world of booming businesses and huge grand visions, what is the silent killer hindering growth, diminishing productivity, and draining profitability? It's not just about numbers, strategies, or fancy marketing. It's all about energy. When the very heartbeats of businesses, their people, lack the vigor to truly embrace and live the vision and mission, even the most grandiose plans can falter and fade. So that brings us to our question of the day. So as a leader... Have you ever felt the weight of watching your team's motivation and engagement levels decline? Consider the stress of high turnover, the strain on productivity, and the horrible costs that come along for the ride. What tools do you use to create impactful change within your teams? I'd love for you to be part of this conversation. Why don't you go ahead and share this episode on your favorite social media platform, hashtag it, experience leadership, and put your comments down. I'd love to hear what you have to say about this very topic. I am really excited to be joined today by founder of the Energetic Impact, Rebecca Ahmed. From the glitzy casinos of Las Vegas to the boardrooms of Marriott, Rebecca has been the secret power switch of some of the world's biggest brands. With a title cooler than most, the chief (laughs) energy officer for Caesars Entertainment, Yes, that is a thing. (laughs) She's taken the concept of feeling energized to a whole new level. From the corridors of Wynn and Encore to 
captivating audiences in Forbes and Apple News, she's not just talking the talk, she is energizing the walk. Her next big thing is her book, The Energy of Success. Power up your productivity, transform your habits, and maximize workplace motivation, which will be ready for pre-orders when, Rebecca? It'll be ready for pre-orders right around January 2024 with a launch in April. I just got that today from my publisher, which is so exciting. (laughs) And if you by any chance are feeling a dip of energy right now, stay tuned. I have some funny feeling that that's all about to change. Rebecca, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with everyone. And yes, I hope you leave very energized, as you can probably tell quite quickly. I come with a lot of energy. I'm going to explain personal energy to you so that you can make shifts in your life immediately that will completely change your energy and their sustainable changes. So this isn't one and done. You're going to see this continue on with you, which is really cool. I love it. I love I can't wait to dig into it. Before we get all down and dirty, could you let us know how you serve your customers? If somebody calls you up, how do you help them? Yeah, there's a variety of ways. So I founded the Energetic Impact Index, and this walks you through different ways I can partner with you individually or as an organization. From an organization standpoint, I do keynotes, I do consulting, I do coaching, I work with individuals, I work with teams. And then from the coaching perspective, if you're looking to grow and it's not just focused on your career, because remember, we're all connected. Our personal life is connected to our work life. Our work life is connected to our personal life. You can reach out to me for coaching services. I work a lot with Gen Zs. So if you are a Gen Z listening to this, or if you are a business owner and you're looking to grow your Gen Zs, because they just started with you and they're they're looking for more communication tools or you want to grow them, that's something I really specialize in and have such a passion for because this next generation is going to change the workforce as we know it. Oh, don't. Yeah. I mean, it's so, it, you know, it's so amazing. We've done so much shifting in the workplaces in the last little while. But, you know, why don't we talk a little bit about the recent state of the global workforce report? I read a copy of it. I was shocked by some of the things that we're seeing. They had some pretty interesting stats, didn't they? Yeah, they had huge stats. And I included that in my book. I mean, one of my favorite stats, or I should say most concerning, but like alarming stats is they're looking at this to be in crisis mode. The amount of money we are losing every single day just out of engagement is at an astronomical high. If you looked at this from any business perspective, you would say we're failing. Yeah. I mean, that's the ultimate report card, right? Like we were looking at profit and loss, but, you know, we shouldn't just be looking at the profits. We should be talking about what are some of the expenses and how can we mitigate them? Absolutely. From a business perspective, yes, you might have revenue, but if you're not looking at your EBITDA, you're not looking at everything altogether. And what are your expenses? What are causing people to be disengaged? And how is that impacting you? You're not looking at the full picture. Yeah. And that's the problem. We're slicing and dicing it like the media. But when you put it all together in a report, it's very clear. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. And, you know, what's funny about it is I see that in order to offset and to justify some of the outputs that we're seeing or some of the, the consequences of what we're seeing, there's a lot of finger pointings, right? They're pointing to the different generations about being, oh, it's a generation that's not engaged. Oh, it's a generation that they're lazy. Oh, nobody wants to work anymore, which really isn't the case, is it? No, it's not at all. And the fingers should all go to yourself. <laughs> Where can you make an impact? Where can you take responsibility for your actions? And this is for everyone. 
This is for every single person, every organization, individual, team, leader, everyone. And that's why I wrote my book for everyone. It's not just for the leader. It's not finger pointing at the organization. It's not finger pointing at the individual. It's saying, always reflect on yourself. Where can you add value? Where are you being successful? Where is your success coming from? And where are you disengaged and why? Yeah, I like that finger pointing metaphor. Somebody once told me, you know, when you're pointing a finger, you're pointing one finger at one person, but you're pointing three others at yourself. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. (laughs) So, so Rebecca, what are the primary symptoms or indicators that suggest that the workplace is suffering from low engagement and motivation? What are some of the things people are saying? Let's see. There's so many things. Let me see the, the top ones. Values alignment. I find values alignment to be the number one. If you are not aligned with your organization's values or your values, or your organization hasn't put that out, so you have no idea which direction you're going, there's going to be a misalignment. So I would say that's number one. And then I would say after that, communication. We're not talking. When you're having a conversation that's very different than a debate, that's very different than even a dialogue, you know, it's, it's about having this conversation, this two-way conversation to say, how can we create a partnership to move forward? I would say those two focus areas, and that's plenty, <laughs> just to even start, that's where you're lacking energy. And when you refine those, then you can energize your values and you can put energetic tools in so that people will communicate more effectively. So then you're able to actually move towards your goals, your vision, your mission. Gotcha. But, you know, I don't know of any leaders who will come up to me and say, oh, you know what? I think my values are out of alignment or, you know what? I think our communication sucks. Is there some symptoms that they're seeing at the grass level of their workforce that indicate that their communications are lacking or the values are not synergistic within the organization? Well, just go to your glass door. You are going to see it. You are going to see your people say that exactly because they can see it anonymous. Gotcha. So even... Go, go there and see what people are saying. You know, even if you're a small business, people are very comfortable posting. Go to TikTok. See what they're posting about your organization. See if you've been flagged. Gotcha. See if people are working with, how are they communicating with people? You will see that. And you're going to see it in your productivity. You know, you have a feeling when your energy's off. You might not know exactly what's going on. And that's where I come into play. But you know when something's off. Everyone will say, it's like, oh, it's in my gut or my shoulders are heavy or I have a headache. Something physically comes out of that because our energy does scream at us. It tells us, mayday, 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 something's not right. There's probably a values misalignment from the very beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the state of the global workplace to me was a shocking report when I looked at it because I got a sense that just before COVID came along, it bottomed out. Um, Through COVID, it seemed like we were slightly getting better on the engagement front because all of a sudden people were working from home and and business managers were were seeing the importance of of some of it. But then the post-pandemic era, if if we can actually call it that, we're seeing now that the numbers are just turning horrific. Uh, Beyond the financial impact, what do you think are some of the consequences that the organizations are facing now when they neglect this issue? Yeah, so I think we started to see a turn and we are seeing it a turn in remote jobs actually with engagement increasing. There was a recent report that just came out. I believe it was from McKinsey or Deloitte. And I was excited to see that because we are seeing actual engagement source increase in that space specifically. But I think the pandemic allowed everyone to reflect what's most important to me. Where do I value my time? Where do I value my energy? And so a lot of people made that shift, right? And we saw that with the great resignation. We saw people take in new jobs. When you start anything new, it's wonky. 
Of course it is. You Mm -hmm. haven't done it. It's like Bambi learning to walk for the first time. So you're going to have disengagement in the sense of, I don't know what I'm doing, right? So let's let's agree that that's going to be the starter of it. But the challenge is, if we don't make changes, we're going back to exactly what we did before, even though we know it didn't work. And we're humans. We do that. We're cyclical. But this is the opportunity to say, wait a minute, push that button. I coach with a bullshit button and I have it right here. I'm looking at it. Like push that button and say, wait a minute, this didn't work before. Why are we regressing? Yeah. Why are we going back into our comfort zone, even though it didn't produce? Mm-hmm. We need to go in the growth zone. And this is where we haven't stepped into yet. It's I, We see it. We really do. And I think that was one gift out of that pandemic is you could see where that importance was, but we haven't figured out how to touch it, how to get into it. Yeah, and how how then to nurture that because that's a newfound a newfound learning. Absolutely, it it really is. You know, it's like oh, it's you know we weren't doing well before, but at least we knew what we were getting. As opposed to you know, if we do this, we don't know what we're going to get, <laughs> and so the fear failure kicks in, right? Exactly, and this new generation is completely different, and they yeah. are pushing the envelope in so many ways. And so, no matter what, whether millennials, gen, what is it? Uh, Gen X, Gen X X and boomers, whether we like it or not, if we don't start putting these sustainable business practices for younger generations to come, not just Gen Z, but for younger generations to come, we are not going to be sustainable, period. Like put in the practices or realize that you're not going to make it. We see organizations all the time go away, Mm -hmm. huge organizations, Poof, gone. Yeah. Because they didn't put in sustainable business practices. And it's yeah. even faster because we're moving so fast. We are indeed. Yeah. And and the marketplace is moving so fast as well. I'm always interested in the people component of our businesses. How does prolonged exposure exposure to kind of the destructive energy that we're seeing now affect things like collaborations, project outcomes, overall team morale? Like, can you, I mean, you've obviously seen this in some troubled corporations you've been involved with. Absolutely. And I can show the bottom line and how it's impacting it from the dollar standpoint. Yeah. If you even shifted your organization's energy, let's say two to 5%, that's not a lot, but you will see a tremendous increase in productivity. You will see it hit your bottom line because people are doing what they want to be doing. They're actually engaged and they're making things work. But right now, all you're seeing, I mean, I shouldn't say all you're seeing, but you're heavily seeing this destructive energy and it's addicting. It becomes the addiction versus that productivity. And that's a problem. Mm -hmm. I'd be really interested, a 2% increase or a 2% increase in energy levels in our team. I wonder how that would translate to profits and to the reduction of expenses. And I can show that. That's the really cool thing about working with through the Energetic Impact Index. If you go through this and see the consulting, see the coaching, you're able to tie it to the bottom line. Holy cow, the team collaborated and was able to create something innovative out of this project. They use cognitive diversity. You asked questions. You led with curiosity. We got to really push those envelopes and feel excited in a psychologically safe environment. This isn't happening all the time, but when it does, it's amazing. Yeah. You know, I'd like to delve into your seven energy zones and how they can be used to be kind of the solution to counteract this disengagement disengagement and the demotivation that we're seeing. And we'll get to that right after this. When the spotlight shines on your business, are customers applauding or yawning? In other words, how is your business performing? 
Make your business a star with the new book, Lights, Camera, Action, Business Operational Excellence Through the Lens of Live Theater by Mark Hain. Mark uses his business and acting experience to help you see your business like a live show so you can create a performance your customers will never forget. Buy Lights, Camera, Action today at your favorite online retailer or directly at markhain.com. Welcome back. I am speaking with award-winning speaker, business consultant, and an Energy Leadership Index Master Practitioner, Rebecca Ahmed. <laughs> Rebecca, before we uncover the seven energy zones and knowing that our first inclination is to point fingers, how should one effectively transition from the finger pointing to channeling the energy more constructively? Yeah, I would say the first thing is lead with curiosity. Mm. When you're leading with curiosity, you're seeking to grow, you're seeking to understand, and you're seeking to reflect, where am I? What am I experiencing? What are my thoughts? What are my feelings? And how is that impacting my action? Those three are tied together. And when you just take the moment to ask, how am I thinking? How am I feeling? What am I doing? This is an audit. This is an internal audit, right? On your mm -hmm. personal energy. That's your start. Because you need to know where you're starting. So then you can say where you want to go and you can measure accordingly. So do people have a natural inclination once they do the like internal audit? Do they have the natural inclination of what does it mean? Like it's one thing to say, you know, oh, what I'm feeling is frustrated, but I'm <laughs> right. Do they have a natural inclination on how to turn that so it becomes more of a self-reflective exercise that is not about that finger pointing that they like? How do they light that fire of curiosity? Well, they can read about the energetic impact I should say the energy uh, leadership assessment, sorry, because this is what I do. So I give them an assessment and they answer questions and it's about 15 minutes. It doesn't take that long. Yeah. And when you read through it, I think that is where that curiosity comes in because you get the ahas. No wonder I'm tired. No wonder I'm frustrated. You get validation too, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes you just think, why am I exhausted all the time? I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And so I think that naturally everyone wants more energy. It's becoming... It's like literally the currency of today, even more than money, because if you have energy, you can make more money. If you have energy, you can do more towards your goals. So it is the number one currency. Like that is the Benjamins right now. <laughs> and so I think if anything you lean into to say, wait a minute, if I just self-reflect, if I don't feel that I have a bank account that I can jump into and I'm so excited about on energy, well, then I need to know how and why. Love it. Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. So could you give us a brief overview of the seven energy zones and how they can be used as the solution to really relight this fire? Yep. So I'll walk through the seven zones first because you need to understand, like I said, where you're coming from. And then I can share some tools of how you can light that fire. The first zone is the lowest level of energy. And I call this the safety zone because you are built to be safe, right? So something different comes in your world and your energy is going to say, oh, you don't know that. Don't take that risk. Stay here. Stay home. Stay comfortable. And that's a beautiful thing. We need that. And all energy zones have advantages and disadvantages. But if you never leave your home, if you never step and take a risk, how are you going to grow? And so it's your opportunity to say, oh, when I'm not wanting to talk to anyone, when I'm feeling avoidance, Avoidance is a big thing. Like, I don't want to have that conversation. It's exhausting to me. That tells you, okay, I'm in level one and I'm seeking to be safe, but why? A lot of times this is where your inner critic comes in and tells you you're not good enough. You can't do it. 
And that's where you use those tools to say, hey, I can do it. Thank you for keeping me safe. But you know what, negative Nancy, today I'm going to tell you I'm good. (laughs) I name mine. So, And then we go to level two. And this is that combative energy. I'm seeing this as the number one energy across like all of our workplace organizations. People are competing. People are fighting. There's this like conflict. And rather than understanding ways to really enroll others, they just keep fighting at it. And so here's that opportunity, right? To say, instead of being angry, why? Why are you angry? What's coming up for you? What other ways can you effectively coordinate and communicate and collaborate with your team? Because even though that energy a lot of times serves us because of stress, how long can you run uphill through mud? You can't. It's just not sustainable. It's a short-term solution if you need to like really buckle up and get in there and say, oh, we have a time crunch. We only got this or something crazy came at us. Use it. But it's not sustainable. Remember that. Let's see, level three, Um, this is the compromise zone. The compromise zone is what I saw a lot during the pandemic. If you hear yourself saying that, how's work? It's fine. How's home? It's fine. How's school? It's fine. That word fine, that means you are not exhilarated. That does not mean you are excited. That means it's fine. It's exactly what it is. And that's what we were trying to do. We were trying to make it fine while we were experiencing something like the pandemic. But now it's time to get out of that. It's not okay. It's not fine. Let's see how we can use higher levels of energy. Level four. um, This is really speaks to you, Mark, and your expertise, that service, that care. People who lead with level four. So I come from hospitality, as you shared with people. I've worked in hotels and travel in the industry for a very long time. And we love to serve. And I love to serve. But if you have not taken care of yourself, if you didn't plug your own phone in, you can't help others. That, that mask analogy in the plane is very true. And I tell people, stop saying self-care. Like when you plug in your phone, do you look at it and say, oh, I'm so jealous. You're just so like, you are just self-caring away. No, you look at it. It's like, I got to plug you in so you can work. <laughs> we are the same way. Plug yourself in. <laughs> like It's not self-care. It's a requirement to make sure you can self-do. You can self-improve. You can self-move. So that's level four or a zone four, that that um, service zone. Service zone, and then we go to curiosity. Curiosity zone is um, the next energy level. And this is that leading with inquiry versus judgment. I love this zone because I find it so playful. Everyone's going to have their different zones that they connect with most. But rather than having judgments, just wondering, what did you mean by that? How can I grow from that? We are at a time where so many things are changing, especially if you're in the like working with Gen Z's. I don't know what half the time they say. I'm like, what does that mean? Help me understand. But by doing that, you learn so much. So I think that's a really fun piece of that that zone. Then you get to the creative zone. And this is where collaboration really occurs. This is where you you get into flow. Chicksamahali did an entire book about this. What does it mean to be in flow? Time flies by. You're creative. You're creating. You're collaborating. You're bouncing ideas. This is where I find it so fun and playful. And when you're in that space, no matter how hard the challenge is, you just are so tuned in. You're like, holy cow, this day was amazing, even though it was a struggle. And it's it's really cool to see. And then you're going to get those little peaks of that, that seventh zone. And that's that innovation piece. That's that climax energy where you're like, oh my gosh, I figured it out. Like, here's that moment. I figured it out. This is innovative. I figured it out. We got the solution to the challenge. And those hits, like if you haven't had that at work, that's an opportunity to say, ooh, where am I holding back? Because when you get those peaks, like it's so exciting. And that's what fuels your energy even more forward. 
So that kind of gives you a broad overview of each. <laughs> yeah, you know, you were going through that and I got goosebumps when you were talking about it. Uh, just very quickly, let's do a quick check-in. If this resonated with people who are tuning in, how can people get in contact with you? Yeah, absolutely. So if you go to my website, Energetic Impact or www.energeticimpact.com, right up top, you'll see my email, Rebecca at energeticimpact.com and my phone number. Call me, shoot me an email, like whatever you want to connect with you. It's your form of communication. You're my client, you're my customer. So I'm here for you. Reach out whatever way works best. And then I, I immediately connect. I, I respond quite quickly. <laughs> Terrific. Uh, the, seven, the seven zones, is this a evolutionary process or do people jump into the zones and kind of understand and work the zones independently of each other? They actually can be interplaying at many times. You can be experiencing something and it shifts quite quickly. Mm -hmm. So we're all kind of going in and out. It's what are you leading with? So when you get your energy leadership assessment, what you'll see is, ooh, this is how I naturally am like seeing the world through this lens. So if you've got pink glasses on is what I like to say, and that's level four, you're going to experience most of the world through that lens. But if you want to change that, all we have to do is take those glasses off and I'm going to give you a set of blue glasses. And what does it mean to experience the world through those glasses? And you're always going to have external forces coming. We can't control that. So yes, if someone comes and punches you, you're not going to be like, I really can't wait to see the opportunity in this. Like, I don't, hello, like, let's be realistic. But experience it. Go to that zone two. Go to that combative energy. Realize what you're thinking and feeling. But then use the tools to ask, how do I want to respond? Mm. What's going to be best suited for me? Do I want to be angry right now? Be angry. Be angry. Sit in that. But when you're ready... Let's take those glasses off and put another one on. You don't need to wear them all day and you don't need to make everyone around you wear the same ones because that's what we do. If you're feeling bad, oh, everyone's going to wear these terrible glasses. Everyone's going to have a bad day around me. You don't need to do that. That makes perfect sense. Are there any of the zones that would clash with each other? Like as you went through them, you put in curiosity. You know, I just wonder if there's anything that when they come into tangent with each other, that instead of building on each other, sometimes they can clash or overtake one another? Oh, yeah. That combative zone is very, and I mean, the lower levels of energy, I should say, so that safety zone and combative zone are going to be stronger. Okay. We are wired like this, plus all of our trainings around us. Think about social media. Think about our news. Think about if a car gets crashed on the side of the road, everyone slows down to look. Like we just, we love watching for some reason a volcano going off. <laughs> versus a celebration. And so that's why I lean into this pleasure and lean into this positivity so much because I'm like, we have to shift that narrative. Why do we get so excited with something as a flame versus something in a celebratory mood? Mm. That's something we need to shift. Yeah, you know, and now that you've mentioned it, it's true. It's like that celeb, like taking, putting the focus on something that's big and disastrous as opposed to something that's fun and celebratory can be a challenge to be present with. Yeah, but it's not hard when you do it. It becomes really fueling because you're constantly seeking something exciting, something that's constructive. And that's why I call it constructive versus destructive versus positive and negative. I kind of like to think of it like building Legos. And anyone who knows this, let's just say you just had a baby or you just got engaged. You are living on cloud nine of excitement, right? You're like, I'm so in love. I'm so happy. My child, like there's all this and everything you see, remember the lens, everything you see becomes those blossoming flowers. 
You just got a promotion. Everything you see is like, oh, everyone's having a great day, right? It's the challenge is to keep that sustainable, to keep that going mm. and not let, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I just got engaged and someone saying, oh, well, I just got divorced. Not to let that turn you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, I'm so sorry. I feel for you. Whatever's going on in someone's life, I feel for you. But let's let's stay in the celebratory moment. Let's have that, you know, understand that, acknowledge it, but continue on. We like to wear each other's. I call it like wearing a jacket, wearing that destructive energy. Just because mm. someone like threw that piece of clothing at you doesn't mean you need to put it on. You can you can, you know, empathize with them and then give it right back. Let them go through that. I think to your point, that's the reason why we like reality TV and all these combative kind of TV shows where people have to go up against somebody else and it's a win or lose. It's, you know, create affiliates that will conquer something and conquer the other people. And and it's just, yeah. to me, it just feels like poison when it's in our workplaces. Absolutely. It's probably why I don't watch the shows. <laughs> yeah, there you go. For me, that's not yeah. fueling. It's yeah. not exciting. You know, yeah. you have enough of that in real life. And so I'm constantly trying to bring that constructive energy around me in everything that I do and everything that I do. Love it. Hey, when we come back, Let's talk about the five energetic success principles that shift our energy from destructive to constructive. And we'll get to that right after this. Attention, meeting and event planners. Is your company or association planning a live or virtual conference, seminar, staff retreat? Are you looking for a fresh, energetic perspective on what it takes to put on a jaw-dropping experience for your customers or staff? Book customer experience expert Mark Hain for your next group event. Past participants have said, Mark kept us in stitches while teaching us how important and powerful actually designing our customer experience can be. Read more testimonials and find out how Mark can serve you and your group at markhain.com. That's M-A-R-C-H-A-I-N-E.com. Welcome back. As you can tell, Rebecca and I are stoked about helping entrepreneurs and business managers just like you. If you belong to an industry association or organization that is planning a conference or a leadership retreat, and you feel that we could be of service, feel free to drop us a line or do a connection request. Our details are in the show notes. Rebecca, we've already pinpointed some success principles involved in shifting our energy, but could you summarize what the five energetic principles are? Absolutely. So I'll start with the principle of detachment coming from the service zone and just thinking of you, Mark. The principle of detachment is, I would say it's two or threefold in this sense. So one of the principles of this is that when someone throws destructive energy at you, a lot of times we'll like to empathize. If you lead with service, you want to connect with them and you have the gift to get into someone's shoes and see the world through their lens. The principle of detachment reminds you, you don't need to wear their energy like it's your jacket. Take it off, empathize, and then release. I talk about this all the time when I consult in customer service at hospitality. You see the like travel airlines. I mean, everyone comes in hot when they're checking in for something. And so I constantly remind them this principle of detachment so that you can be your best self for the next customer and you're not continuously sending that destructive energy down the line. Another piece of that, especially because you said business managers, if you are managing and not coaching, you're probably speaking to someone versus in collaboration with them. 
And so one of the ways that you can use this principle of detachment is detach from your own solution. Just because something worked for you does not mean that it'll work for them. You can tell them this worked for me, but allow them to explore what will work for them and realize everyone has their own journey of how they get to that end solution. By doing that, you're not going to be exhausted and frustrated that they're not doing it your way and you can see someone grow. So there's just so many pieces I love about that principle of attachment that you really start building that growth. Let's talk about cultivating curiosity. I know we talked a little bit about it, but ask questions. Lead with inquiry versus judgment. And that goes to like that growth piece again. As soon as you start leading with that, you're going to get answers that you never imagined because you had your own narrative. When you take out that narrative, you get to actually actively listen to someone and then speak to their motivators. Mark, what motivates you is very different than me. How many times do managers just ask, what do you want? What do you need? They don't even ask a basic question. Stop making assumptions, just ask. It's so easy. Uh So that's an easy one. Create possibility. A lot of times we give ourselves no before we even lean into that possibility. Oh no, they won't let me do that. Think about it. Entrepreneurship, you have to ask all the time for someone to give you a chance. If you don't ask, you're never going to get that possibility. So create that possibility, right? And it's also creating the environment for your team to create that possibility as well. To give them a safe space that their ideas won't just be automatically shut down just because it didn't come from the boss. Yeah, Yeah. 100%. Yep. And then lead with love. I know you talk a lot about leading with love and care, but when you lead with love and care... It's so different to know that your leader cares about who you are as a human being. And that doesn't mean they need to know every single thing about you. I understand. I'm a very private person when it comes to like my work versus my business. I'm a, I'm the oldest of nine. Like there are shenanigans always going on in the fam, right? So like, I always try to just like, I'm like, oh goodness. But when you're leading with love, you also like, if you're having to give someone feedback, you're going to give them pointed feedback to ensure that they're growing to ensure that they're enhancing what they're doing versus, hey, that just wasn't a good presentation. That's the difference of leading with love. I remember I'm from HR. And so my leader always told me, if you are separating someone and they are surprised, we didn't do our job on our end. We, We failed because that means conversations weren't had and we didn't lead with care and love to coach them so they knew what their opportunities were. And so these are the different principles that I like to share because They're not difficult to put in practice, but you need to put them in every single policy, procedure, practice through and through. It becomes a game changer. It is not just like saying these words. It's really putting them to action. And that's why I'm so involved when I start working with organizations and I'm coaching and consulting to say, wait a minute, time out. How could that be have said better? How could you have asked that better? Because then you start changing actions. And this is where that sustainability piece comes in. Yeah, I love that. It's almost like the through line to all of it is values, is one's values. And then how do they want that to be represented within the organization? Absolutely. (laughs) And people think you're so different than the next person. All the time when I have team members who are combative with each other, if we sit down with their values, they'll see how similar they are. Even if their words are different, even if their definitions are different, the respect factor will come in. And we know this, right? Social media is a way that you can hide behind something and rant. But if you actually sat in front of that person, you probably would have more respect and speak to them more eloquently. It's that opportunity to say, your team member, you are going, you're working towards these same goals. So why? Why are you being combative? Mm-hmm. Why are you not pitching in? What's coming up for you? Just asking, what's coming yep. up for you? Yep. 
and what's because going on. Because that'll yeah. help. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It, you know, as people are are kind of maybe ta- even taking notes right now, which I hope people are. Are there any cautionaries? You know, I always fear, and I don't know if it's just because I've grown up in the entrepreneur space, but I always fear that managers will look for quick band-aids to solve some problems. And I worry that if somebody just creates kind of the, okay, our new policy of the month is, or the new procedure of the month is, are there any cautionaries you would have for people about implementing or starting to leverage some of the principles and some of the different zones, playing within the different zones? Are there anything we should be cautious of? I would say be cautious of implementing something without leading with curiosity first and doing an audit of where you are, because then you're just doing the same exact thing. You're putting in tools in place that you don't know are going to be effective because you haven't asked what people want. You know, think about every leader in every organization, every individual organization. They're like, I'm given this plethora of training. Some of it's helpful. Some of it's not. But no one asked me. Yeah. No one asked, hey, what, what do you want to succeed? What's most important to you? You probably would get a different set of tools if it were personalized to what you wanted. And so that's that opportunity, right? To be able to say, first, lead with that like inquiry. First, do this audit to say, where are you? Ask everything. And then you can say, you asked, I listened, I'm delivering. So now you have success. So here's our 360 degree moment, because at the very beginning, you mentioned if you are a manager make sure that you are a coach first if you have if you are a manager because that's what it boils down to isn't it absolutely yeah and we still i still see personal action forms of discipline i literally when i see that i'm like where am i what century are we disciplining adults are we children yeah. are we not having conversations about how to grow someone yeah you see the one two threes you know and i remember I lost someone very close to me and I was, this was my first job out of college. It was 2009 and he had leukemia. It was like, he got diagnosed and passed very quickly. It was devastating. And as soon as I got the call from my mom and dad, I dropped everything. I'm hysterical. My leader already knows what's going on. Right. And I was like, I got to go. She's like, go. I come in two days later and I have a discipline form on my, my desk. Because I didn't follow the one, two, three protocols that were needed to be able to depart at that moment for a funeral. Where is the care? Yeah. Where is the like thought process? My leader knew like thinking like that and seeing that to this day in 2023 is disturbing. Yeah. Because there's no, we're humans. I'm not a number. I'm a human. And yes, you can share that. But like, where is that conversation? Where is this like coaching Versus just following a piece of paper blindly that absolutely has only destructive energy coming out of it. Yeah. You know, to your point, you mentioned about, you know, people having to let people go. It shouldn't come as a blindside. Discipline actions, when they do have to happen, don't come as a blindside. Because if you've done right, you've invested the time and had conversations with people way before it's ever been. And really, at the end of the day, when it does come time to, unfortunately, a separation... Then you're talking about and you're saying, well, Donna, so we've tried this. Yes. And we've tried to work on this. Yes. And it hasn't worked. Yeah, I know. Do you think it's time for a change? Right. And they're like, exactly. yeah, you know, I appreciate that you gave me all the chances to do it. I wasn't able to live up to the expectation, but thanks for the right. And and so it's a much different conversation because it's not done through animosity or anger. 
Mark, you just hit it on the head. And what you said, you said a couple things because you you just coached up versus coached out. Yep. You just said we separated versus terminated. Like, mm-hmm. are you a terminator? Do you just shoot everyone that leaves? Absolutely not. Like change. Words matter. Words matter more than ever. Like think about that term. Coaching versus discipline, separation versus termination. These are different ways that you are building someone. And then you can even say like what I love to do, especially if someone's not wanting to grow or they're saying, you know, it's just not for me. Yeah. What is for you? How can I help you? What tools can I give you so that you can succeed in the long run and take these learning lessons? Myself, I've been an amazing employee and I've been not so an amazing employee based on my environments. And that's not because I'm blaming them. This is my opportunity. Remember I said, point the fingers Mm -hmm. at myself to say, ooh, Rebecca, where did you not take ownership and be able to place your values and say, you know what? This is what I'm going to get out of this opportunity, even if it's short term. Yeah. This is how I can grow. And that's also where leaders have an opportunity to say, hey, you know, you silly college kid coming in here because that's who I was when I went and started working as food and beverage. Like, you know, hey, the reason why it's important to bring the side salad is because of this. Do you want to learn about a business? Do you want to see, you know, how a restaurant runs? All of these things I could have thought of. But for me, I didn't think like that in that age. Yeah. And so that's my opportunity. And again, that's why I say point the fingers at yourself, myself included. If I'm not enjoying something, how am I contributing to that destructive energy? Right. And I think I think the the major key, the major button when we talk about negative energy and, and kind of negative value systems is every time we justify any decisions with our policy is. Oh yeah. Oh gosh. That's the same thing as your parents saying because I said so. Yeah, I never exactly. did well with that. That's either. it. That's that's the grown up <laughs> workplace thing of because I said so. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably why I went to HR. I hated that so much that I was like, I'm going to go to the scores. <laughs> awesome. Rebecca, this has been an absolutely amazing conversation. Do you have any last thoughts about what we've been talking about today? Take the moment to reflect. You know, we went over so many things. And yes. I think that where we started, I like kind of a bow tie because you asked, like, where do people start with that reflection and where do they lean into that curiosity if they notice their energy is low? And if you energy is low, take that moment and and come check check me out. Reach out to me because I'd love to share more tools with you. And if you're interested in that ELI assessment, let's do it because then you're really going to be able to see here's where I am, here's where I want to go, and let's measure that success. To that point, remind people one more time how they can get a hold of you. Of course, Energetic Impact. So www.energeticimpact.com. My email and phone number are right there. And of course, you can always connect with me on LinkedIn. I post uh, almost daily and just share tips and tricks to really help you really succeed in your workplace and in your life. Because remember, again, they're connected. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing today. I've just been blown away by, I didn't know what to expect. And it's just like, (laughs) it's just kind of exceeded all expectations. I love that I, I have somebody who I'm, I share a passion with that we're bred of the same. I don't know if it's because you worked in casinos, I worked in casinos, you worked in restaurants, I worked in restaurants, who knows? But it's just been a brilliant conversation. Thank you so much for being such a great guest. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I had an absolute blast. (laughs) Why don't you let me know if this was of value to you? As always, my offer stands. If you would like 30 minutes of my time to maybe brainstorm your business with you and your team, feel free to book a time on my calendar. The link is in the show notes. It's the one that's marked meetwith.markhain.com. It would be my absolute honor to be of service. 
And while you're at it, why don't you go ahead and leave a review or a comment about this episode? I'd love to get your feedback. Was this of value to you? And while you're at it, subscribe to the podcast. That way you get notifications whenever I post a brand new episode. Thank you for joining me today. My name is Mark Hain. I hope that you stay safe, stay healthy, and I hope you dare to be the exception. Thank you for joining us this week on Experience Leadership. Make sure you visit markhain.com for a full directory of available episodes. While you're at it, if you found today's content valuable, please share it and tell your friends about the show. As Mark says, knowledge is power, but only if you share it. Be sure to tune in each week for the newest episode. Please. Stay safe, stay healthy, and dare to be the exception.